I like what a lot of famous authors have to say about creativity. It's about mm-hmm. putting pen to paper for 30 minutes every day, accepting that the first time you do it, the 10th time, maybe even the 50th time is going to look ugly. But hopefully after that, something resembling creative output will start emerging. And I think it's so much more important in today's context because creativity in some ways is the last stand and the differentiation between what you and somebody else can potentially do. You know, now that I'm a YouTube star with about six and a half followers, I happen to open the app a little more often, Asita. And uh, so YouTube decided that I'm going to answer a bunch of surveys for them. And they keep asking me, do you remember this ad? Do you remember that ad? And there's so few that I remember. I'm quite surprised. Um, you know, like you and I, usually we pay attention to this stuff, right? <laughs> so often, and I find even on, um, you know, on t- television and during uh, cricket matches, I see ads and like, hey, I saw this and I can't remember the brand or I can't remember the product. And uh, they're spending so much just to get me to remember yeah, yeah. Firstly, congratulations on your six and a half followers. <laughs> You've broken the bane of our existence, which is to show our faces on video. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I do find that survey interesting. And in fact, I remember asking somebody as well, uh, a senior colleague of mine as to what exactly are they trying to measure, right? And he told me mm-hmm. that actually it's about measuring the brand recall. And uh, like you said, you know, half the time you remember the ad, you remember the creative, you remember how it looks also, but you can't remember which brand it was that was doing the advertising Mm, i mean all that creativity and then for what right that's the question that i think uh, we ask sometimes especially when you know budgets are involved so let's dive deep into that welcome to the damn good marketing podcast episode 10 it is and we thought what is it about creativity that makes it so hard to grasp what about it is tangible what about it is not and can we really even find a process to just consistently do good creative work that makes us happy? That's interesting that uh, you spoke about creativity and then you brought in something which I wouldn't think of when I'm thinking creativity, which is process. What really is the creativity that work like ours takes or, you know, and by our work, I mean, running and supporting and growing a business or a brand Uh, which is what most of us are out here doing. What kind of creativity does it need? Like is creativity too big a word and is it is it the right word? No, it's definitely a very scary word because I think uh, when we think creative, we think insanity somehow. I think that's the creative genius, creative maverick, yeah. uh, you know, the mad creative. What would Don Draper do? Like it's always the thing that is just outside of our reach because nobody really teaches us, you know, they teach us math, they teach us science, they teach us languages, but they don't teach us uh, how to think. And that's why I think some of us also, we fall into these buckets of either thinking of ourselves as, oh, I'm a very logically oriented person. So therefore, I must not be creative. Oh, I'm a very fact driven individual and therefore I must not be creative. But the fact I think is that just in the act of living our lives on a day to day basis, you know, coming up with business ideas, talking to people in various ways. uh, Some of the smartest marketing people I know are simply people who are so good at contextualizing their information. Right. The story Mm -hmm. might be the same, but they know how to tell it to a different audience each time. Uh, And I like what a lot of famous authors have to say about creativity. I think they all say, finally, it's about discipline, right? It's about Mm -hmm. putting pen to paper for 30 minutes every day, accepting that the first time you do it, the 10th time, maybe even the 50th time is going to look ugly. 
But hopefully after that, something resembling the output will start emerging. And I think it's so much more important in today's context because creativity in some ways is the last stand and the differentiation between what you and somebody else can potentially do. Right. I read this um, anecdote somewhere that apparently though we have, you know, such democratic access to social media, we are all influencers in our own right and all of that is happening. But still the best-selling authors on New York Times are people who have been bestsellers for 30, 40 years. So, I mean, definitely experience probably has a role to play there, right? No, definitely. I think, um, you know, we've kind of, if you remove the glamour around the word creativity, it's just that, right? It's um, kind of solving a problem and saying, okay, how am I going to land up every day to solve this problem? Now, my problem is to, you know, write a book or write a script or make a movie or make an ad um, or even just think of certain products for my business yeah and if we say that it doesn't work right it's like uh, how they say in that movie uh, called the prestige the moment the magic trick is revealed it's no longer magic right and i think that's true for creativity as well if the sheer mundanity of it ever kind of made itself felt then it wouldn't be so magical i suppose yeah right there are steps to it. It's it's not a sudden light or a warm glow comes over you and then the idea is, you know, all, all a part of you, etc. There is, uh, you know, there's that whole intent of wanting to create something and then spending yeah. some time thinking about it and then the process. Like you said, it, it starts looking not so pretty and then it gets mm. a little prettier and prettier. But I think there's also room for certain creative bursts. Like... And we all have it once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's just the best feeling, isn't it? Of just like things yeah. land, like thing, it's there in your head and yeah. then it just makes you so happy. But in saying all of that, what we also then kind of recognize is that creativity is a process that takes time because it's about gathering enough information to be able to connect certain dots or to be able to mm -hmm. stimulate the mind to think in certain ways. Now, we all know that in the real world context, time is not often a luxury that we have, right? Because campaigns have to still launch on time. They can't wait for the creative director to have gone and taken a walk, as simple as that. And sometimes it feels a bit like diving without any harnesses, I suppose, in the sense that okay, I've done all this creative work, but how do I know it's going to work? Right. And this is uh, actually, Suba, it's a very common question that we get asked, right? When usually when we pitch creative work, we pitch more than one concept route. Uh, it's two uh, in, in most cases, but at least three sometimes do make it to the table. And you realize finally the person making the call as to what should go out has actually made a very subjective call. Like there is no, uh, you know, actual resonance in terms of okay i know that this campaign worked for my industry in the past because the moment you do that you've already taken the creativity out of the equation right so sometimes yeah, we yeah. still have to ground it in practicality though it can't just be all sunshine and rainbows i had spoken about it earlier that while there may be this creative director or there's somebody who's kind of running or heading the show um, so many times it's such a group process like we've talked about the daily show and the you know the the room in which they just really are sitting down as a group and writing jokes. It's, it was supposed to be one guy's, you know, spur of the moment brainwave, right? That's where the joke was supposed to come yeah, from. And yeah. you're saying group of people sit in a room on a daily basis and get creative. I mean, that's, that's so weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> but again it kind of just reinforces the whole idea of there actually being a method to the madness and sometimes the yeah. reason for that method is really what we discussed earlier on about say a youtube asking you which of these ads do you remember right and there's an yeah. interesting uh, statistic 71% of b2b brands cannot create memorable advertising now wow. i am both the glass half full and the glass half empty kind of person so the optimist in me says see 3 in 10 ads that work is not a bad number actually if you think about it but the fact is 7 in 10 people have spent on something that didn't have an outcome because you have to set a budget say quarterly review is coming up and this year for the next quarter i have an xyz goal and to meet that i have to increase my pipeline value and to do that i have to tell a bunch of new people who never met me before that i exist right mm-hmm. and how many people do i tell how do i tell it and how do i know that it worked in the first place and especially in the context of some of these really long sales cycles you really don't know which is which right like which ad from 4 years ago really did the job and that is where mm-hmm. i think it's important to contextualize because there are the tangibles right in the sense that now if i'm you know we are all riding the ai as generative and creative wave uh sometimes i do wonder is chat gpt going to push that number from 70% to 80% right <laughs> because if everyone talks similarly yeah. then you already have a problem and if i just had to kind of think about what is a tangible way of measuring creative output then i would say just keep falling back on the brand keep thinking about what is it that i can say consistently and repeatedly without losing the essence of that messaging right so i think that's what finally a brand stone voice comes down to and that is the part that i can finally control as well the notion that we start with that if you're creative you'll come out with this one really good idea but mm. what i hear you saying is that if you have a creative process then mm. actually you really come out with 20 ideas and then say okay what's the best for the brand here or what's the best for the medium that we're choosing or the channel that we're choosing right so there is yeah. value to volume and breadth like it's not one stroke of genius that reminds me of an exercise that uh, somebody that both of us really admire in the advertising space kind of taught us about a week ago uh and the process is called 40 boxes right so this was given to us so i uh, kind of reached out to niranjan and i said now there are four five of us and creativity of course is already hard enough as it is and then it's all scattered because nobody knows what's a good idea what's a bad idea how do i even mm-hmm. decide how do i filter and how do i even think sometimes right when you're mm-hmm. handling a bunch of different uh, mandates uh and he said just come let's do it let's workshop this and uh, he taught us this technique called uh, 40 boxes which is essentially about um so if i'm the creative director and i run a team of four or five creatives uh and we know that we have a campaign coming up 24 hours from now right we have to pitch concepts uh 24 hours the moment you say 24 hours i think hardly half of us start freaking out i definitely do or i did until i discovered this process and the idea is that each person on the team including maybe the director themselves uh fills out a sheet with 40 boxes with 40 unique ideas or ways to sell that campaign right so if you pick for example a shampoo uh what are 40 different ways of making a shampoo commercial right so and you can go as creative and as wild as you want there like there are no bad ideas mm-hmm. and the benefit i've realized of doing that is that firstly you have 40 ideas so you've broken through that barrier of you know saying oh my god now how do i come up with something in 24 hours but the mm-hmm. interesting thing there and let me actually ask you this subha if you were given 40 boxes and you had to do a campaign on something that you knew you were familiar with how many ideas do you think you would come up with 
I mean, surely not 40, right? That seems like uh, <laughs> yeah. a huge uh, task. Um, I'm thinking I'd be lucky with a dozen or so. Uh, a dozen is brilliant. Right? A dozen on a box is actually good progress. Uh, and even to break through through that, because the idea is that the director will not take a meeting until everyone's finished their 40 boxes, right? So to, to oh. that end, I think one of the things that you can do, and this was also suggested by Niranjan, is that you can just open a dictionary, uh, pick a random word and use that word as your jump off point for further ideas and further concept routes, right? Or you could just look out the window and you could say, this is the first object that I'm spotting and use that as a jump off. So the idea, I think, is to give your creative stimulus enough room to grow. Because beyond a point, the brain is like, okay, I am done heading in this general direction. Now, where else can we go? Right. And then you say, hey, here's a road and you can actually kind of go uh, take this road. You know, in saying that I was looking out through the window and the first thing I saw is a lamppost and I'm like, oh, God, I have boring windows indeed. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I like this uh, parable we used to have about the monster who just wants work, right? Like he cannot sit still. You have to constantly give him something to do. I think in some ways the brain is very similar to that, right? Like it constantly needs stimulus and it needs it in as many different ways as possible. And funnily enough, the moment he gave us all of these different jump off points, we had more than 40 happening. And there was a point in time where mm-hmm. two ideas merged and became one. And between me and another girl, we exchanged and we came up with something really cool as well. So I would not have come up with that at the beginning of that. I would not even have believed that I could have come up with that at the beginning of that session. So, yeah, I think we can all take some comfort in knowing that there is a process. Uh, and it's a very doable process. It's not, uh, it doesn't take away from the fun and joy of what we think creativity should be. Yeah, uh, And yeah. yet it gives you something tangible at the end of it. And it's interesting you say that because I remember that day I was not keeping too well. I went very low on energy and we did this exercise and I felt so good on the inside. Like suddenly my heart was so happy that the rest of me started feeling just fine. So I think there are other ways to derive joy as well out of these processes, I think. So, yeah, it put your faith back in creativity. Yeah, in some ways, which I was losing a little bit here and there, for sure. <laughs> and I think also what it really helps you do is to say that out of 40, we all know that there'll be probably 20-25% good ideas, right? Mm-hmm. But 10 good ideas is still better than one good idea that never appeared, right? And yeah. that's where I think we can apply the filter of, okay, what can and cannot my brand say? Uh, what will I, will I, will not I be saying? So these are certain filters which will actually make it easy to maybe even remove some of those ideas, cull them out. Uh, and the rest of them still have the potential to do just as well. Hmm. So I think this helps, Hachita, that uh, one, don't get frustrated with the notion of, um, you know, that creative burst coming or not coming. It, there is a process. There are different, I'm sure, you know, even more tools that you can apply or different ways to get to this um, much larger generation of ideas and then and then be cognizant that because you do have like a bigger basket now um, 100% of it is definitely not going to be suitable or work for you so again you have to filter you have to pick from that and then you you know you use your expertise to say what's going to work for um, the output that I need I don't know there's a mix of you know being very cognitive and then I think I'm still uh, stuck on the part of it that's supposed to be very sudden and inspired. Mm-hmm. Right? So what's really happening in the head there? No, I think, frankly, um, 
creative output is finally one half of the equation, right? Because there are so many intangible associations we end up making uh, for reasons that maybe even the creator didn't think of, but it just happened to work that way. Like I've been on a bit of an online ordering spree suddenly these last couple of days. Um, and somewhere I realized that I have this feeling that if I pay on Razorpay, then my orders will come very quickly. Now, this is so irrational because firstly, Razorpay... <laughs> Razorpay is not an order fulfillment platform, right? It's it's a payment gateway. But in my mind, there has been an association made that firstly, once payment is done, the next thing to do is to just wait for the thing to come. And I think somewhere the word razor has triggered in my mind this association that is going to happen very quickly, right? Mm -hmm. And also to some extent, I think the way the letters are bent forward probably has uh, a bit of an impact as well. And the moment I realized, I thought, like, how many of us are frankly so irrational about the whole thing at the end of the day, right? Like, I mean, the reason we do certain things or take certain actions is because finally the brand has transcended its transactional value, honestly, right? It has managed to do something that's so much bigger, which I, I mean, honestly, let me ask you this, actually, and we'll know which brands have transcended and which have not. Uh <laughs> You, you, Subha, uh, much like myself, watch a lot of OTT content, right? So on average, if, say, Disney, Amazon Prime and Netflix made 10 shows, who mm -hmm. among them do you think would have made the most number of good shows? Just off the top of your head. Hmm. So I'm going to go with Netflix. So did I. <laughs> but the fact is that they all have their phases. Right. Uh, I think Disney had a phase over the last one year or so when they started making really good shows. Uh, yeah. Before that, in the early days of OTT, it was Netflix. Uh, they produced a lot of interesting content. Prime also had its moment in the sun, by the way, wherein for a six, seven month period and with Daisy Jones and the six coming out, it's expected to have a good summer run. Right. So there is no quantitative evidence that it's Netflix, but still that's what the brain, you know, defaults to because Netflix is the first OTT platform in our heads. Like when you say binge or when you say chill, they've kind of cornered that market. in your And it's same thing with finally your Swiggy Danzos as well, right? Like at least in the Bangalore context, uh, between Swiggy and Danzo, uh, who in your mind delivers more orders on time? Interesting, because if I think food, I think only Swiggy. Like if you had asked me Swiggy Zomato, uh, I would just say Swiggy hands down for anything. I still can't get myself to use uh, Swiggy for anything non-food. And for me, anything which is non-food is donezo. Like they will safely take it from point A to point B. So uh, there have been so many times when I've got an alert on my phone saying some, some, there's some incoming from Swiggy and I'm thinking I haven't ordered food, but it's somebody else. Sending you a parcel. Yeah. 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 Which yeah. is where actually, I mean, if you think about just purely from a delivery standpoint, I think most of us would say Danzo. Because in our mind, Danzo delivers, right? That association has become so strong that no one else can deliver. Like it's just not a thing that other people do. You know, like I, I now say, I'll Danzo it to you. I don't yeah. say I'll use an app or a courier service or something. Exactly. And in fact, when Google Pay was uh, first launched and I downloaded it, I thought, what a stupid name, like Google Pay. But then you realize you are asking people, can I Google Pay you? Yeah. Right? You're not saying, can I Paytm? Like, that's usually because pay yeah. is part of, you know, the offering. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's it's about, frankly, knowing that human beings will continue to be irrational in the associations that they make. Yeah. 
which is that I think simplicity of messaging finally, right? Like you may have the most creative idea on the planet, uh, but you have to, I think, uh, measure it on three different levels in my mind. Uh, one is obviously the context in which you're doing the advertising, right? Like, are you doing it to damage control? Are you doing it to build a brand? Are you doing it to launch something new? So these are all different contexts in which you want to obviously think about different campaigns. They're not going to be all the same. Uh, and probably the 40 boxes exercise there, it has the risk of becoming too simplistic because for products, it's easier, right? Like sell a shampoo bottle, sell a mic, sell a phone case. It's a lot easier. But when I have to say, uh, Vim is launching a new product uh, in the market, which has XYZ attributes. Now that's what you have to sell, which is where the complexity kind of builds. And you have to constantly remember that your ideas are towards that goal and context. The next thing, obviously, is understanding your customer, which I think in some ways is still the context conversation. But just to say, hey, well, if I say this and I say this on the platform in the context of whatever it is that I'm trying to communicate, will they get it? Right. Is it simple enough? Is it resonant enough? Uh, and that I think finally you have to A-B test and it's a combination of experience and data, I think. So, you know, past campaigns and past circumstances have either worked or failed for these reasons. So you use that as a launch pad uh, for doing the rest of your work. Finally, you know, when we're when we're trying to get something going for our business and our work, um, some kind of uh, methodology or some some kind of okay these if you do these three things or if you include these two things then you're closer to getting the output that you want yeah. and that always yeah. helps right that yeah. structure. Um, even in creative things it it definitely helps absolutely and in fact even in slightly more abstract roles which we end up playing uh over a period of time uh, just a little bit of input into what direction do people want us to take it makes such a difference you know when we do workshops mm -hmm. Are we doing that workshop to uh, give people comfort that they are on the right path? Are we doing that workshop to ask the tough questions? Are we doing that workshop to just lay the cards on the table and then decide what the next? So these are all very, very, very different contexts and mindsets, right? So it, it makes a huge difference how you go into it. Yeah. I saw something interesting today on my LinkedIn feed and uh, someone had shared that uh, HDFC says, okay, why are we only have OTT kind of dropping 10 episodes at a time and apparently they've dropped an ad series or it's maybe it's one ad I've, you know which is 10 ads at a time mm -hmm. right so it's like wow. uh, there's a there's an overarching story of some bridegroom who runs away but I think it it's a series of maybe 45 second ads just one after the other telling mm -hmm. that story which is very different from having 10 ads and saying that over a two week, uh, you know, IPL, I'm going to show you. All of these. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think but, the logical policy there is just having called them ads, right? See, that's the difference between a brand that actually transcends its value as a business and a brand that is trying to do that in active ways, right? Because by, I mean, frankly, I have done so notifications turned on, you won't believe just because they make me laugh. Like, frankly, it's not their job, right? <laughs> to make me laugh is not the mandate. But somewhere in the language and the way they've shown themselves as being very friendly and approachable, they've transcended from being just a business in it to make money to a utility that now I can't live without. Now, in fact, it's interesting, the article where they said 71% brands run boring ads, 
90% of people don't trust the banking industry any more now than they did 20 years ago like you know they're trying to sell me something so that's very different from dropping 10 episodes at one time right because there's a story that i look forward to being entertained by exactly i think some brands have achieved that in the process of creative storytelling i think tata tiago did that uh, with a series called tripling it was a collaboration with the viral fever but it is possible to do that it's possible to do interesting brand placements when you remember that you're not the center of the universe i think that's what it finally comes down to like you don't have to have these uh, bursts of doing something extremely unusual and yeah. like, like don't you know you're not that for me so don't try it frankly that's where the creative director's experience also kind of comes into the picture and to say how much of this campaign is going to demand that i fundamentally change my dna right and mm-hmm. sometimes you have to do that like you know you've got a bad product you have to make it a better product so to that extent you have to uh, but in some cases genuinely you don't have to be the alpha in the room you don't have to be the smartest guy in the room you don't have to be any of those things the reason we look up to or we relate to certain brands is simply because they felt a lot like us finally and if we if we remember that then i'm sure our 40 boxes will look very pretty for sure <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. We did talk about creativity because I am realizing over a period of time that creative output could just be the difference between a very successful marketing campaign and a not so great marketing campaign. I'm sure we'll be discussing more of this in the coming episodes. If you like what you heard, do give us a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a follow on Spotify. We really appreciate it so much. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to season 2 of the Damn Good Marketing podcast. I am personally headed in some very exciting directions and I'm really curious to know a little bit more about wildlife conservation both in the oceans and outside of them. If you know somebody who's working in that space and you think we should talk, will you please let me know? Thank you.